Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Oh, hey guys. Hey. It's Elizabeth. And Alex. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Alex and I are estheticians from Brooklyn, and we have a beauty studio, and we love skincare and brows, and we love teaching you guys about it, and so that's what we're here to do. And right now, we're getting elbow deep in hippie shit. I love hippie shit, personally. We both love hippie shit. Hippie shit's having a moment right now. Uh, y'all keep asking us about it, about all these different types of hippie shit. And so we figured we'd give you a whole series instead of just one episode, instead of just two or three. We're going to just like continue to ride this wave because it's not going anywhere. But to be more specific, we wanted to talk to you guys about, well, everything in terms of ingredients, skincare, carrier oils, essential oils, herbs, all of these things. And we didn't really know where to start. So we kept going backwards and took things to the very beginning. So last week we had an episode. Our first episode was Herbs and Botanicals. That was a fun one. It was great. We talked about medieval shit. We talked about herbs and botanicals, talked about snakes. We talked about medicines, talked about witches. But I think that the reason that everybody's interested in skincare right now and why y'all keep sending us questions about all natural skincare is that, I mean, there's a lot of factors, right? There's a lot of kind of things that happened at the same time to make, I think, hippie shit kind of reemerge. Um, one is like Americans suddenly realize we're being bamboozled by companies. <laughs> like what the fuck is in this product? Uh, is it formaldehyde? Maybe it turns out. So I think that just the consumer got really smart and started looking for better products. And at the same time, we also had, you know, this awesome emergence of entrepreneurs. We are in a society where, you know, there's capital where people can start companies for the first time. And so that really puts, um, the power into the hands of the people so that people can go and start to make these products. For sure. And I think because so many people are concerned with what they put in their bodies, they realize that it also matters what they put on their bodies. Totally. And then you have, like I mentioned in the last episode, I think things like Goop made it more popular to use natural stuff. They just made it like fancy and expensive, but they definitely like planted a seed on social media, I think. A hundred percent. Well, yeah, it's aspirational, right? And anything that's aspirational is suddenly we all got to have it. We all have to have the kale and the pussy candles. So mm-hmm. anyway, but the point is that we want to educate all of you guys on all of the hippie shit that we know so that you guys are then armed and educated and you can make your own judgment calls when it comes to choosing products, when it comes to choosing ingredients. Y'all don't have to ask us, what do you think about this product? What do you think about this list? You guys are going to have the tools to be able to make really great 
decisions. And you can still ask us, of course. But at the end of the day, we're not with you all the time when you guys are out there shopping, maybe in your ear holes. For sure. Um, So last week we debuted our Hippie Shit series, which was episode 100, Hippie Shit Part 1, Herbs and Botanicals, with Calvin Qualis, owner of Scotch Porter. We had a little interview with him. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back, take a listen. You don't have to listen to it to keep up with us today, but it's a great starting point for the rest of the series. So it kind of makes sense to just start at the beginning. Um, Today, we're going to cover carrier oils and botanical butters. And then next week, we will finally get to essential oils. So you got to show up. Um, especially for essential oils because they're amazing. I know. I think that essential oils is kind of like where everybody wants to go. And that's like definitely mm-hmm. where I wanted to start for sure. But I mean, they smell nice, right? Like there's MLMs. There's whole docu-series about. Right. Like there's got to be something with essential oils. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. They're <laughs> awesome. They're the greatest. But we just teased you guys for next week. We're going to be covering that next week. This week, we're talking about, as Alex just said, carrier oils, botanical butters. And we're going to get you guys just obsessed with the stuff the same that we are. But before we jump into that, we also have to tell you about our incredible interview today. Yes. Today we have James Vincent on a little later in the episode. James is the director of education and artistry for the Makeup Show and the Powder Group. He's fortunate enough to work with makeup lines and makeup artists at all levels of the industry. Over the years, James's passion for the art of makeup encompasses nearly every genre of makeup artistry, from film and theater to television and celebrity work, editorial and runway work. James's expertise also includes training and product development positions and guest artist spots for such companies as MAC, YSL, Sephora, Tom Ford, Art and CN, Makeup Forever, and recently Rihanna's Fenty Beauty with Kendo Brands. James now focuses his career on working internationally in fashion, editorial, and artistry development. He just does it all. He's also been in the industry for many, many years and got to work with people like Kevin Aquan back in the 90s, who, if you don't know him, he was an amazing makeup artist. He's a pioneer. He was a pioneer, yeah, in the 90s in New York City. So he got to assist him, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. But he'll tell you all about that. Yeah, we had such an incredible conversation with James. This is one of the ones where we just like met our kindred spirit and it was so lovely and he's so lovely and wonderful. And uh, yeah, it's a really great interview. So I can't wait for you guys to hear that. So with that being said, let's jump into hippie shit. Let's do it. Okay, so although this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart, Alex and I have always spoken about this on on the show. You know, we both really became interested in skincare because we sort of found our way into like the all natural skincare realm for one reason or another. And so this is where my skincare career started. So I know a good amount, I think, on everything that we're going to talk about today. But because I love y'all and we wanted to ensure that you receive top quality hippie education, (laughs) not just like shit that I made up in my head that I thought that I read at some point. So today I did a bunch of research and I read a really awesome book called The Power of the Seed by Susan N. Parker. And we also got some information from one of our favorite websites, the Mountain Rose Herbs blog. So what the fuck is up with all these oils? Why are people going bananas over the oils? Well, there's lots of reasons, but I guess if we're going to start all the way back, back, back in the day, which is where we usually like to start, before the age of running water and daily baths, 
cleaning consisted of removing the previous day's oil and reapplying more. Basically, everybody was doing an oil cleanse. And, you know, chemically speaking, oil dissolves oil, which is why this works so, so well. And oils also helped protect the skin from high temperatures and dry air. So in northern climates, heavier animal fats replaced vegetable oils for a greater degree of protection from very cold temperatures. So oils are ever-present, and they're integral to the life forms of plants, animals, and humans. And I think that this is really cool because I actually didn't really realize this, that the source of every oil is from the seed. And so seeds are nature's oil-producing calorie factories. So they store sunshine within the seed, and uh, oils nourish the next generation of plants until it can feed itself through photosynthesis, which I thought was so cool. It's just like feeding itself, giving itself all these vitamins and nutrients, and then we come and snag it for ourselves. So seeds and kernels, nuts, and fruiting bodies are complete energy and dietary centers. And Susan made the joke that they're the grocers of the plant world. I love that. (laughs) Um, Every seed has the capacity to make oil and carries unique properties from the parent plant. However, each plant's individual seed brings something special to the individual commodity. So, for example, spicy or tangy olive oil is uniquely different from rich, flavorful and solid coconut oil. All seeds have the potential to produce oil when it's fully ripened and under great pressure, gently squeezing or by chemical extractions, oils are separated from the rest of the seed matter. Trees, wildflowers, grains, grasses, palms, shrubs, vegetables and fruit from every region all produce seeds that can be pressed for oil. I mean, that's pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. What does that not include? I just think it's so cool because everybody wants to be healthy, right? And like what truly is healthy In this country specifically, we're kind of fed these ideas of what's healthy, what's not healthy. And then, you know, 20 years later, you find out, wait, somebody was just trying to sell us something. So Mm -hmm. like low fat isn't necessarily great. Like we shouldn't always just be having our biggest food group be carbs. Do you remember that? The food pyramid? Yep. We're just eating all bread. Breads and potatoes all day long. So weird. And so this myth kind of that, you know, fat's bad, oil's bad is completely that. It's a myth. It has so many nutrients that our bodies, that our cells absolutely need and crave. And every organism on the planet, one way or another, is using it and eating it. Plant oils can be of two kinds. The aromatic essential oils, my favorite, or the fixed seed and nut oils. So we're going to cover, like we said, essential oils in our next episode. Today, we're focusing solely on fixed or rather carrier oils. These natural living oils mimic the oils our own bodies make and include compounds to nourish and protect skin cells. And the cool part about that is if you have really reactive skin, a lot of times carrier oils are something you can easily tolerate because, like I just said, they mimic the oils that your body already makes. Awesome. So as whole substances, oils are made of various compounds specific to their botanical source. So when I was reading this, I was kind of like, well, duh, but I guess it isn't that, you know, obvious to everybody. Like, yeah, almond oil is pressed from the nuts of the almond tree. But because it's pressed from the nuts of the almond tree, the oil itself has so many characteristic components in proportions that are specific to almonds. So in skincare, you know, we're always talking about different exfoliating ingredients. And there's like five main alpha hydroxy acids, right? There's glycolic, there's lactic, malic tartaric, mandelic, 
Anyway, so mandelic acid is from almonds. And so I remember we were speaking when we first started the show to Rushi, a small business owner who has Indian cultural roots, and she brings her culture within her practice. So she was telling us how they use almond oil to help with hyperpigmentation in India. And that makes perfect sense because we use mandelic acid to help with hyperpigmentation here, everywhere, in skincare. So it also goes back to what we were saying in the last episode that so many of the products and the medicines that we use, they really are derived from nature or they have some sort of like natural origin story and we just kind of fucks with them and we synthesize them Mm. and we supercharge them. Mm -hmm. So while all oils are lipids, which are fats, not all lipids are oils. Present throughout nature, lipids are created by both animals and plants. Oils provide energy and nourishment for germination to take place in the seeds, nuts, and kernels of plants. A stored energy from sunlight, the nutrition necessary for reproduction, produces an incredibly wide array of oils, which is really fucking cool. Plant oils produce high-quality lipids, as well as nourishing compounds including proteins, waxes, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and tocopherol. Tocopherols? Tocopherols. I thought that you were going to tell me a new way to say it. Tocopherols. I this whole time I was saying tocopherols and it was tocopherols. No, I think it's <laughs> tocopherols plus chlorophyll, photosterols, squalene, and other non-lipid nourishment for the germinating seed. This is shit that just all goes on in nature without us interfering or doing anything. Yeah. and I mean, then we interfere and we take it. We but. take it. We take that shit. Thank you so much, nature. But also, do you know, I, I, I say it almost every episode now, but... Why does this all matter? It's because we are just made up of cells. Like we are made up of cells that create tissues, that create organs, that create systems, that create the fucking body. But it's very basic is cells and our cells need food. Our cells need all of this shit that oils are happy to give to us. Look at this. Energy, sunlight, chlorophyll, <laughs> tocopherols, antioxidants, minerals, vitamins, all that. All that just in that little seed that produces that little oil. I love it. So this was something really cool. Oh, I will say, I know there's some drama in the natural like health food world because there's arguments stating that we shouldn't um, consume certain oils, at least not a lot of it, like sesame oil, because think of how many sesame seeds you need to make sesame oil. I think a lot of the seed oils that's a thing. And it makes sense. It's like you're using a lot of nature's resources to come up with like the smallest amount mm-hmm. of product. Yeah. So I'm always mindful of that. You know, that's the hard thing, I think, with like being woke is you just know too goddamn much. Mm-hmm. And it's th- I think the same thing with oat milk. Do you know, it's like, yeah, not to go completely off topic, but I heard that oat milk is like one of the worst things for the planet because you just like soak some oats, wring it out and then throw them away. But tastes delicious. <laughs> selling it everywhere. It's Mm -hmm. supposedly good for you, right? And it's like you could say the same thing with soy milk, right? Soy milk is supposed to be like so much better than dairy, but soy is subsidized. It's government subsidized. Mm. And it could also be GM. It could just also be all these things. So with everything that we're always talking about, there's a level of awareness that we all have to have, right? Because there's a privilege of being in a first world nation and being able to talk about these things and buy these things, right? And learn about fucking oils and everything. And meanwhile, palm oil is awful because it just destroys forests. And it's in everything. So Shapiro, you're not wrong. You're 100% right. We've got to at least be aware, right? And be conscientious consumers. And yeah, do your research and do all the things. I actually used to make candles out of palm oil. 
because it was just like a really good hard oil. And mm. then I started to read about it. It's probably cheap too, right? It's pretty cheap, yeah. Mm. And I was just like, girl, what are you doing? For what? A little light that you have already? You could save the Amazon. <laughs> so I wanted to mention this little tidbit that I thought was really fucking cool because we have spoken about this before, specifically in our SPF episode. Episode 57, Beauty School number 22, Protect Your Skin, part one, SPF. So um, in that episode, obviously it's about SPF, but we briefly mentioned not using organic SPFs. And when we say organic, we mean like handmade hippie shit that somebody just made out of coconut oil because coconuts actually do have a little bit of SPF in it, naturally occurring. So I thought that this was very interesting, what I'm about to share with you. Also, don't get hippie SPF, please. It's your skin. I have a story about this when you're done. Okay. In temperate regions of northern or southern hemispheres, growing conditions vary with seasonal changes that include often extreme variations of day length and temperature. So plants grown in temperate regions have greater influences associated with the poles and the sun. So plants grown in temperate regions produce liquid, unsaturated oils, and they're considered active with a greater affinity to oxygen than their counterparts in the equatorial regions. So... At first, I was like, whatever, what does that mean? But basically what it means is that these oils have to be protected more from going rancid because they have so much oxygen in them. So oils such as flax, walnut, or chia seeds are going to go rancid a little bit faster because they have more oxygen because of where they're grown. So in contrast, in the tropics at the equator, plant growth is fundamentally different. So because roots drop down to the ground from branches high up in trees, Flowers and fruiting pods grow outward from trunks and branches. And so these weird, unrelenting growth patterns have greater earth forces than polar forces. And since they have little seasonal changes or temperature variations, the warmth and abundant vegetative growth of the tropics produce hard and semi-hard vegetable butters and oils. So obviously coconut oil, mango oil, but the saturated oils can't easily carry oxygen in their molecular structure. And so that's why they're resistant to rancidity and why they're stable under a variety of conditions. It's also why they contain a greater degree of natural sunscreening components than their more temperate cousins. Because, bitch, I gotta survive down here. It's hot as shit. We're growing all crazy. So anyway, I just thought that that was very cool because, uh, I don't know, nature's awesome. And all of these different oils that we're all, plant and animal, need to survive mm -hmm. are even smart enough to figure out how to survive themselves, right? No, it's super cool. Um, I was in Miami once with a coworker, and she had this SPF that she had gotten in Mexico. And it was like a very low SPF. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, there's no actual SPF in there. But there was coconut oil. And it was claiming that the coconut oil was the SPF. Mm -hmm. And when I say that she burned like a motherfucker... She was done for the rest of the trip. It was really bad. Dude, no. So yeah, natural SPF is <laughs> in the sense of that. In the sense of like, yeah, I, I met somebody on the side of the road and they gave me this bottle labeled SPF oh in, hand, <laughs> in like their child's handwriting. It's terrible. Exactly. Don't get your SPF from that person. But also we're always talking about celebrating and helping entrepreneurs. And we also know black girl sunscreen. And that's an actual real sunscreen that was started by somebody. So just do your research. Do your research. Make sure that the person who is making the sunscreen for you, if it's all natural, has a chemist working with them. So that was all about oils. That was a lot. Did that all make sense? 
I think it was all very interesting. I mean, I think it was all very interesting, but I think too is like at the end of the day, it just teaches you, listener, dear listener, why people are going gaga over oils, right? Like why, especially in skincare and in these products that are helping to make us beautiful, like why do you want to use something with oils? Something with oils mm-hmm. rather than, you know, something. Okay, also, we didn't touch on this, but the truth of the matter is there's plant oil and then there's also uh, fossil oil, right? So there's petroleum that comes from Mm -hmm. the ground. And that actually technically is also a natural oil. But um, I bring that up because that's what you find in a lot of products because it's very cheap. But also, it doesn't have any nutrients. It doesn't have any of the things that we just spoke about. It doesn't have any of the fucking sunshine. It doesn't have any of that germination. It doesn't have any of that chlorophyll. No antioxidants. No taco ferals. It's got nothing. It will stop the water from leaving your body. I have to say that as my old ass continues getting older. A little Vaseline on the lips didn't hurt nobody. Mm-hmm. But it's not adding any moisture. Your body is smart enough to know that this is something that shouldn't be entering my body. And so it creates actually a protective seal over your skin so that nothing can get out and nothing can get in. So those are the oils that they've been trying to sell y'all. Now, you beauty baddies know all about these beautiful botanical oils and butters that we just told you about, why your skin wants them, why you need them, and also why the whole world is going bananas right now. Oils and everything. Oil cleansing. Oil this. Oil that. Yeah, everyone loves oil. Have you ever done, like, oil pulling? No, but people love it. You put coconut oil in your mouth, and then you kind of, like— Swish it? Swish it? For a very long time. Like, minutes. Yeah, but I heard, like, a bad story with that. Like, somebody's tooth fell out. I don't know if maybe that was— That might have been the tooth. Right, exactly. It might have not been, like, the <laughs> coconut oil by chance, but— I don't know. People are doing a lot of things with oils. So here's something very interesting, people. I got to say this. When I was growing up, there's a lot of talk about how white people can't cook. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I said it there. But a lot of our generation, a lot of millennial women, they know that their moms were terrible cooks. And for that reason, they're taking it upon themselves to become excellent cooks. And the interesting thing about this, the reason that I bring this up is because I've had a couple of these conversations and these women will say, oh, well, you know, I I tried to get my mom to start cooking also. This is one specific anecdote. And she said, I got my mom the book Salt, Acid, Fat, Heat. And she looked at it and she said, well, I don't eat three of these ingredients, so this isn't for me. I was like, all right, lady, well, enjoy your hot lemon. Like, what are you doing, mom? That's why this poor girl grew up not eating great food. I make that joke because it's a symptom of our society in the fat-free time of be super thin, no fat, low fat, fat's bad. Mm -hmm. And in other cultures, that's never been the case. In other cultures, oils have always been used. They've always been, you know, like coconut oils used in so many different places of the world. And sesame seed oil, like you were just saying, like there's just so— Ghee. Ghee is clarified butter. And in certain cultures, it is used a lot. Yeah. Even olive oil, right? Yeah. Take your olive oil away from an Italian, see what happens. Or a Greek. Or a Greek, you know? It's only here that we had this weird, low-fat, fat-free obsession. Everyone must have been very dehydrated looking. Yes. With no fats in their body. Nobody's wearing SPF also. That's why everybody looks (laughs) terrible in the 70s. They weren't Mm. eating the fat. They were putting it on their body and laying out in the sun. Mm. Mm -hmm. That was the problem. Tragedy tragedy honestly but um I I like that things are changing I like that we are a multicultural generation and we're also an information generation and so people are doing their own research and finding out you know what the truth is behind all of this stuff and then making their own decisions so with that 
Let's talk good fats. You want to talk about botanical butters? Yes. So when solid fats are melted, they're kind of like liquid oils. And the difference between fats and oils is their structure and source rather than their actual chemistry. Fats are often solid and animal-based, while oil is liquid and vegetable-based. The solid vegetable oils are often called butters, such as like a mango butter or shea butter, which you've probably seen. Um, Fats and oils are vital building blocks of living organisms, our cells being 50% fat. That's a lot. And our brain is 60%. That makes sense based on what a brain looks like. Dudes, but also... What the fuck? If you're not eating any fat and your cells are made up of 50% fat and your brain, your brain, dude, you need that shit to live. You need to be able to think. I want to know how people were doing at work in the 90s without eating fat. But honestly, it's the truth. It's like over the summer, I've slowly become a breakfast person as I age because I take a ton of vitamins and you cannot do that on an empty stomach as it turns out. And this summer, I... Like, I've been trying to get proteins into my morning because honestly, and here we fucking just found out why, my brain don't turn on without protein. And so there's days, you know this, that like I will go until noon, have a sandwich from Anthony's, and I'm like, oh, I'm seeing in color suddenly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm myself again. And dude, this just all makes so much sense. This all makes so much sense. Also, this is very much up my alley of like changing the beauty industry on its head. Fats for everybody. Fats for everybody. Well, speaking of that, that's a great segue into James. I think so. Because I feel like he's on that same level. Totally. Without knowing, he kind of pioneered changing things within the beauty industry. Yes. But you'll hear all about that. Yes, guys. I'm so excited for you to hear this incredible conversation. I wish I could listen to it again right now. Maybe I will. I'll put it on. (laughs) Enjoy, guys. Enjoy a conversation with the fabulous James Vincent. Enjoy. Hey, my name is James Vincent. I'm a makeup artist in New York City and the director of education and artist relations for The Makeup Show. I love that. And you have quite an incredible background. Would you mind telling us a little bit about sort of like just your background in the makeup industry and sort of your, you have so many accolades, however you wanted to show off for us. (laughs) I'm I'm old. Um, no. <laughs> um, I've been doing this a really long time. Uh, I'm a makeup artist uh, for about 27 years. I say I'm an accidental artist. I kind of fell into it. My background is social work, specifically women's studies. And uh, that's what kind of led me into makeup. Um, and then I had a very traditional kind of New York makeup career. I assisted major artists like uh, Kevin Aquan and Dick Page and Linda Cantello. But um, fashion and celebrity and music industry are really where I find myself. So I say my clients range from Marilyn Manson to Lady Gaga and President Obama and kind of everything in between. But my real passion is community and education. And so my my real drive is working in the industry to create space for other people, um, inspirational space, educational space, and then access the idea of bringing everybody into beauty so that people who are looking at things like makeup and skincare feel seen and feel heard because of the experiences of the artists and estheticians that they're working with. 
That's really beautiful. I love that. Also, I really love that you worked with Kevin Aquan because since I was a teenager, I was really obsessed with just his life and um, just like the makeup scene of New York City during that time. And actually, my grandma got me into him. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. You've told this story before. Your grandma's a baddie, though. She is. I guess she was just like at Bloomingdale's or like one of the department stores. And she was like, I don't know. Like these ladies were really nice at the Kevin Aquan counter. (laughs) And she brought me she bought me like one of my first mascaras and it was a Kevin Aquan mascara. And she then bought me um, that book. Making faces. Making faces. Making faces. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm obs- I'm obsessed with just like this time yes. in the makeup world. And it kind of fueled like my love of uh, beauty stuff. I think it was such a major moment in the beauty world because it was seeing artists for the first time kind of step out. And I think Kevin, for many of us, was like the gateway drug, you know, like even for myself when I was in college, never imagining that I could ever work in makeup or do any of that. I had images of Kevin's work kind of in my dorm room. And so then getting to work with him and then continue the legacy with the brand was just a life I never imagined, you know? Yeah. What was the life that you imagined? What were you in college for? My background is social work. Um, I come from a family that my mom was very involved in the community and in the church growing up. And and I think that really spoke to me. I'm kind of come from a family that didn't have a lot. So education, I think, was going to be my way to kind of figure things out. And I was working in social work, specifically pediatric HIV, and women's health and women's issues. And I just felt like it was so hard to work with people who truly needed something and I couldn't get it for them, you know? Mm -hmm. And then a woman came in and spoke to my class and her name was Anita Roddick. She created The Body Shop and she hired me as a social worker at first and then in the stores. And I started working with makeup and skincare and it was like my whole life opened up. Like Oprah Winfrey and the alcoholics would call it my aha moment where I was like, makeup and skincare are my passion. And because of that, I also met my people, you know, my tribe, like the people that work in skincare and makeup also allowed me to maybe see and and be myself for the first time. And so I never finished school. I was writing my dissertation on women of color and the white beauty myth. You know, where were we seeing shape and size and color in the industry then? Why were my nieces playing with dolls that didn't look like them? Why were there no black women on the cover of magazines? And uh, because of that paper, I got hired by MAC Cosmetics, which was a brand new line at the time in the 90s. And uh, my life was never the same. I called my mom one day and was like, I'm not getting my master's. I'm a makeup artist now. So. Oh, my God. I, I just got the chills. I know. And you're bringing tears to my eye. Do you mind if I ask where you went to school? Uh, Rhode Island College. And I did my women's studies at Brown. OK, so um, I went to the new school and this sounds very new school of you, <laughs> like your entire <laughs> dissertation. And yeah. I love OK, the reason that I love this is because this is something similar that I connected to and and where I thought that I was going to go into fashion. And of course, going to the new school, you talk about fashion, but you talk about fashion and society and how mm-hmm. these these uh, visuals that we see, how they shape our society and how they shape ourselves and how they shape how I look at myself. And then at the end, when I went to go into fashion, I was like, this is bullshit. Like everything that I learned is like the opposite within the actual industry. But within beauty is where I found the truth in that. Within the beauty industry is where I found these people who were truly trying to like do this sort of like the social and the anthropological work to bring it to the forefront. And it's kind of awesome because look, beauty is looked at as this thing of vanity, right? It's what we see. But I think that people like yourself and people like Alex and I were trying to make this more of a a holistic 
uh, landscape of like, let's look at everything and how we can create beauty from there. And then it's more inclusive. Then it isn't just what you look like. Then it's what you do, how your community looks like, how you impact the community. Uh, I just, I love this. Thank you. And shared experience. <laughs> yeah, shared experiences. Like media is passed down from mother to daughter. So often it's cultural, right? And I think about the smell of my aunt's combing my cousin's hair, you know, and what that smelled like and what that means for family. I think about rose water, you know, such a staple in our skincare that was developed by the monks at Santa Maria Novella and how those histories kind of come down through families and traditions. And that is culture. And so beauty needs to be for everybody because beauty is our story. It's it's the narrative, I think, that connects us in so many ways as an individual, but also as part of a of the, the bigger culture in general, you know? A hundred percent. Yes. Do you want to be like the third host on our <laughs> show? Come join the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you guys have me blushing. I don't know oh, if you can no. see me. Oh, no, because it's so, you know, you're really encompassing what it is that we set out to try to talk about and what it is that we try to create here. Because it seems like all three of us have experienced just not fitting in and knowing what it's like to be an outsider and knowing what it's like to so badly want to connect with people and want to find a thread to pull us all together and we all found it in beauty like on the show we're always like they're one of us we found another one because it's like when you meet your people that are out here for the same reasons it's just like yes yeah we're all here together it's great yeah audra lord i steal the phrase from audrey lord but she says sister outsider and the lunatic fringe Mm -hmm. you know like in my other I find my others. You yes, know, yes, yes, a hundred percent. I love that. So, okay, Alex, where would you like to take Okay, this? wait, just to go back to, <laughs> to the fucking uh, Kevin Aquan book. When I, when my grandma gave me that book, I felt that way. Like, I felt like, oh my God, you know, he's different because he's gay. Like, even though I'm not gay, I felt like I was othered in other ways and I was like, okay, he's gay, but he's in the, but he's also a dude in the makeup industry. Like he's so different. And then like doing these makeup looks that were so different. And I think that that's also why that really resonated with me and why it was like the first time that beauty kind of became anything that I cared about because it was different. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It's funny that, okay, I'm I'm totally going off topic, but I think something that's very interesting is like beauty is this thing that we're all trying to appeal to a standard, right? Wherever the standard may take us. Thank God we're in a time right now where the standard is, I think, transcendent and it's, it's more encompassing. But we're all trying to fit within whatever that standard is. But the people who are creating the standards are often the outsiders. They're often like the weirdos and the others. And I think that... It takes getting to a certain wisdom, maybe, of seeing that certain a certain part of like age where like you can look back and be like, wait, it wasn't always Kim Kardashian. There is a long time where it was only Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) You know, what you're saying is so my full circle because I started writing my dissertation because, you know, growing up in, in a mixed family in the 90s, like we weren't anywhere. There were no black women on the cover of magazines. There were no Latinas winning Emmy Awards. Asians were invisible. Size, shape, color was nothing. Everybody was very blonde beauty through a male gaze. You mm-hmm. know, are they a bombshell? And I think I always wanted to know why. And now what I see in my projects so often is someone using their platform or their power or position to be able to pull other people with them. You know, I worked with uh, Rihanna to launch Fenty, and I interviewed over 2,800 makeup artists for Rihanna before choosing the two artists that Re wanted to work with, um, Hector and Priscilla. And it was so important to her that we even look at the diamonds in the rough, the people who hadn't had an opportunity to get to the front. And then seeing the purpose of that brand, you know, there were a million other brands that had 48 shades. That was not the purpose of it. Mm -hmm. But for a 14-year-old to walk into a Sephora and see themselves in a beauty campaign for the first time, that's where the power lies. And so I think when you see someone like Rihanna, and I know everybody's waiting for the album and the baby, but (laughs) when you see how... Fenty has repositioned the conversation around beauty. And that's just one example. Then you have in the last years, Danessa Myricks, Pat McGrath, like all of these other brands. So it took one person to kind of open the door to say, okay, we can take a risk on some of this. Because for too long, beauty was decided by white men in France. And that was just all it was. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I think that this tale that we're seeing now um, is so in part to things like podcasts and social media where people are sharing their stories. And then we connect to those stories and that creates its own narrative in beauty. So sorry, I was just like, what you're saying I'm so aligned with that I was like... No, it's so beautiful. And it's it's so beautiful to connect that with those three lines that I'm personally so obsessed with. Like Fenty... I went out and I was like, I'm a very big loyalist, but like with makeup, honestly, I wasn't. I didn't really feel a pull to any one beauty brand. But I was like, that bitch Robin Fenty is making shit for me and I'm not going to go buy it. The fuck I won't. So I was there like day one. I was like, whatever it is, just put all the Fenty in in my cart. I don't care. And then since then, it was like Danessa. And then since then, it was Pat McGrath. And even like when I bought the Pat McGrath recently and the Danessa, I sent them both to Alex. I was like, look how beautiful these packages are. I can't afford this right now, but I'm giving my money to black women. And like, 
I can afford it enough to give it to them. <laughs> like they can get all yeah. of my money. <laughs> just like from what you were just saying, like it's kind of crazy. So you wrote your dissertation in the 90s. So what, like 25 years ago? Well, babe, yeah, you probably weren't even born. I wrote that. <laughs> like, we didn't even have computers. I wrote it on a word processor. like A typewriter? I love that you think we weren't born in the 90s. Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank y'all. <laughs> but it's just crazy. Like, now you're getting to see, like, what you wanted to see. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. You know, and now what I try and do is, like, now I am the old white guy. So, like, now I need to step out of the way. <laughs> And so what I really try and do now and what you'll see with the makeup show this year especially is it's time for me to move over and really let some of these other people, you know, step on stages and share their stories. And so this year, Shelly Tagar from the makeup show, Janessa Myricks, and I have put together a, a whole program that celebrates beauty in, in all its shapes and, and sizes. And what you also will see with the makeup show is a refocus on, I, I say decolonizing, it's such a, a misused word, but, you know, we really wanted to shift the focus from the major brands that have big advertising budgets. And so we're focusing on independent brands, female-owned, mm. queer-owned, you know, BIPOC-owned. Like, the, if we're the people of the global majority, like, we should be seeing ourselves in beauty. And so mm -hmm. with the makeup show this year, it's a very different experience with brands that are sharing these histories that we're talking about in these stories and these narratives, but also supporting the pro in a different way. Any brand who fired artists during the last few years of the pandemic and the pause will not be at the show. Any brand that was performative during Black Lives Matter uh, in their actions or didn't follow up on things they need to be accountable for, you will not see at the show. Like, we have to use our positions to be able to push this narrative forward and make space for other people. And I think as I age in the industry and, and kind of see myself getting older, I love that there are so many voices now mm -hmm. that are saying the same things that I've been saying for so many years, you know? Yeah. I love it. I mean, I think something really cool is that in speaking with people like yourself and these different owners of brands is there have been people that have been out there doing the work, but they just didn't have the platform. You know, we spoke with Lena Carez of like Carez Beauty, and yep. she's so passionate and has been doing, you know, the natural beauty work and the sustainability work for 26 years. But you know, technology didn't exist, whereas it was free for everybody to just like go out onto these platforms and to share your story and to tell people like what it is that you're doing. And so now we're starting to really see the fruits of the labor that people like yourself and like Lena have been, you know, working towards so long. Like you don't harvest the same day that you plant the seeds, right? Yeah. You guys planted the seeds years ago and now we're beginning to harvest because now there's enough technology, there's enough voices, you know, there's an entire generation of brown people that have been waiting <laughs> for yeah. this. And now we're educated enough, we're connected enough, we're mindful enough to get the information and we're asking for it. Then there's these people who are willing to give it to them. And yeah. so it's such a beautiful, like, look, I've always said the best time to be a brown woman is tomorrow. And, <laughs> and every day, I find that more and more to be true. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. You guys are like my little babies. It's like listening to you guys. Like, yeah, I'm over here. I, you know, people can't see me, but I'm over here, like, blushing and like. I love this. 
the fact that you have this platform and that these are the things that are important to you and that you're sharing um, as estheticians, which is such a like, you know, really vital and important industry right now as we kind of age and, and technology shows everyone, like our estheticians have got to be more mindful. And to know that you two are kind of out there makes me feel like, all right, we're the kids are all right. <laughs> it's also, true. Wait, let me just say, a bitch is turning 36 tomorrow. No. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Look at that forehead. Look at that forehead. She'll take, I know, the forehead's moving. That's the only way. (laughs) No, I said, I'm in a good way. Tomorrow's my birthday as well. (gasps) No, it isn't. Yeah, I'm going to be 49 tomorrow. Wait, shut up. We're April 13th, babies? Oh, wait, I'm on April 14th. Sorry, I don't know what day it is. No, that's not. <laughs> it's Aries season, though, so we're just taking over the world. All Aries, it doesn't matter the day. It's like, we're the same. We are one. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, okay, on that note, I have yes. questions. Yes. That, okay, I guess like the biggest, and maybe it's kind of a general question, but I think of like, you know, I'm 34 now. I'm also white, so like my skin is maybe not, age- it's aging well, maybe <laughs> Not as well as yours. <laughs> the people can't see it, but I'm I'm voguing. And I know a lot of other people are wondering this too, just about makeup as we age. And, you know, of course, a big part of me wants to feel like, well, whatever, do whatever you like that you want to wear on your face. Yeah. But I also feel like there have to be some secrets that I should know and that other people should know about, like, I don't know, even just what kind of foundation or how to apply your foundation mm-hmm. once you have, like, more lines on your face. Things like yeah. that. If you have any like general kind of things that you follow, I think our listeners would really like to know. Yeah. Are there any, we were wondering this, are there rules? Like I always see on Instagram or on um, YouTube, I'm showing my age now, <laughs> the YouTube. <laughs> but there's always like, if you're in your 30s, like you shouldn't do this anymore. If you're in your 40s, you should do this anymore with like, whether it be concealer or whatever. And like, we know, I like to think anyway, that there's no one rule fits all. Maybe, you know, because I'm not a makeup artist. (laughs) You know, I think if we're talking about skincare and we're talking about makeup, I think it's there are two important conversations around aging and identity. And I think, you know, for me, I agree. I think that there shouldn't be rules. I think people should really do whatever they want to do to express themselves. Makeup is art. It's expressive. But I think what especially when it comes to skincare, There are definite things that we should do at different ages so that we are protecting and preparing our skin for aging. When it comes to the rules of of wearing makeup, I get so angry sometimes. Like there's, um, you know, one of my clients is Joan Jett, who's like a, you know, badass of rock and roll. Mm -hmm. She she is the same age as Madonna. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a lot of conversation about Madonna's choices of how she is presenting herself right now and maybe procedures that she's had. Because people have always had her under that magnifying glass and she has changed her look so constantly that I think people are obsessed with what she looks like. When there you have someone like a Joan Jett who basically, you know, she, her eyeliner is iconic. She's worn the same look since the 70s. You don't have those same conversations centered around Joan Jett because she's approaching things from a feminist perspective. So I think when it comes to aging You've got to make decisions for yourself and decide who you're listening to. You know, for me, makeup, like wear whatever you want, whenever you want. I don't give a shit. I want you to like <laughs> be your best. But I think it also, so much of it is internal work. And that's why what I try and work on with my artists and my estheticians is where are we with mindfulness? Where are we with gratitude? Where are we with 
holding that for our clients and, and empowering them. Because for me, like, I don't have any fillers or Botox or things like that, because that's just not me. Mm-hmm. But I am a huge advocate that the people who want those things should have it. And I think that what we need to learn how to do sometimes is shut our mouth and our opinions and just allow women to age in whatever way that feels comfortable for them. That is what feminism is. Yes. If you want to have crazy surgery and wear a, a pound and a half of makeup, because that makes you feel beautiful, then that is the choice I'm going to celebrate. If you want to stay very natural and 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 show your age and wear it proudly, that is the feminist choice that I'm going to support because feminism is supporting all women in their choices, you yes. know, not just the ones that you agree with. So I don't think it's an easy conversation. We have a session at the makeup show every year called We Need to Have a Conversation. And we talk about things like non-binary beauty and, you know, Black women in the beauty industry getting to places of power. But one of the real things we talk about is how are we talking about beauty to our clients in a way that feels positive and empowering and does not come from a place of insecurity Mm -hmm. because so many people come to makeup out of insecurity. And I feel like it's our job, especially as estheticians, to build them back up, you know? Ah, yes, totally. I have a lot of clients, especially clients who have like grown with me. Like we were together. They started seeing me when we were both in our 20s and now we're in our 30s together. A lot of them asking me like what I think about Botox and fillers. They're asking for like personally or if I think they should do it. And I'm just like, I think you should do whatever you want. Personally, never say never, even Mm -hmm. though I used to say never. I'm like a grown woman now and I know that there might be a chance that I will want to do one or both of those things. And I just try to like empower them to do what feels good. I'm like, if those lines are bothering you and they've been there forever and your mom also has them, you know, it's something genetic. Like, yeah, girl, Mm -hmm. I don't care. I'm not going to judge you. Taking the shame, you said the right word, shame and judgment, taking that away from the conversation, I think is just so important because at the end of the day, like, I don't give a shit what you do. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. And I think that most people don't give a shit what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Like, (laughs) do you, boo? And if you look great, I think that looks great. And I think that, you know, for a long time... And maybe it's because we're all three feminists sitting here. <laughs> I'm sorry to give you that label, but you gave it to yourself. I, right? will, I yeah. wear it proudly. <laughs> okay, very good. So I think that we're three feminists sitting here understanding that there's no judgment coming from any of us. And I think that the old version of just being a woman was to hold shame and to judge other women because of your own shame. And Mm. I really think and really believe this, maybe it's because I live in New York. We all three live in New York, obviously. But I truly believe that our generation and the generation below us is mostly past that shit. I really hope and feel and believe that we're in a place of reclamation and pride And I think that we're stepping away from a lot of shame. I think that we're stepping into, bitch, I do what I want to do. And it feels good. I think this is the shift. You know, I think a lot of us came out of this pandemic. And, you know, from the first few days, you know, Shelly, who owns the makeup show, was still in her hospital bed, sick with COVID. Like, we were all sick. And in those first few days, like, Danessa was sick, Shelly was sick, I was sick. You know, we were in New York, like you said, we're like early adapters. We had COVID before anything even shut down. Mm -hmm. And uh, Shelly's first phone call to the two of us was like, what are we doing for our artists? What are we doing for our community? And so from day one, we were out there in the streets. We were getting, you know, first responders what they needed. But we also were looking at the connection and community needs of our artists. And I think what we really tried to look at during the last few years and what we're bringing back with the makeup show as it comes live again for 2022 is the understanding that you've got to be you, babe. Like, 
you need to define what success is for you and put a plan together to get there. You need to decide what the title of makeup artist means for you. You need to take action and figure out, you know, how to advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think also you need to decide who you surround yourself with. You know, Mm -hmm. I, at this age, I have a privilege where I only have to work with clients I want to work with. And if they don't hold my belief systems or value systems, or I just don't like hanging out with them. Like if I don't want to have a beer with you, I don't want to do your makeup. So, (laughs) you know, I I think that. that this is the other thing with being ourselves. I think I apologized on a stage uh, a few months ago because for so long I pushed the narrative of the hustle. You're in New York, you work for free, you're so lucky to be here because that's what I was fed by my mentors and agents for so long. And I apologized and I said, I am sorry for all the years that I told you it was a grind because honestly, what we need to be looking at is alignment because Mm -hmm. when we are really pursuing our own fulfillment and our own passions. And when we are really fully authentically ourselves, I think that allows you to choose a path forward in a professional beauty industry that feels so much fuller and richer than just worrying about the next client and where the money's coming from and all of those things that we're so like Stockholm syndromed into believing in the beauty industry and especially the beauty industry in New York, to be honest. Yeah, totally. And this idea that there can only be one, you know, like I, you know, we joke all the time, even if there's some way that we could see all seven million New Yorkers, I wouldn't want to. I don't like all (laughs) y'all. Not everybody's for everybody, you know. There's so much to go around. There's so many people. But also that means that there's somebody for you. There's somebody who like just gets who you are and wants to come and be your client because they're like, I like that bitch. Like she does my facial good. And good is enough because I like her a lot. And I'd rather like spend my time and my money with somebody that I like who like, And I'm not saying that everybody out there isn't the best, but I guess it's just that there's this idea that you have to be the best to make the money. And it's like, you just have to be good and be great on the inside. you got to be great on the inside and good at what you do, and you're going to make the money. And I think to go back to the Kevin Aquan, you know, books and Kevin Aquan in my life, one of the most powerful things I learned from wasn't even about makeup. He said to me, you need to make every person in your chair feel like they are the most important person that has ever been in that chair. And this is the most important moment in your makeup career. And that hit me so hard because it was like, that's what makes us different. Like to be completely embarrassingly tell you about something about myself. I live in New York and and my agent is in LA. I fly to Chicago or Provincetown, Massachusetts for facials. Um, I love this. Not because there's probably not a person that can give me a great facial, but the way that I feel when I have those facials at the Ruby Room in Chicago and in Provincetown. Shout them out. There's something that's so intimate in your relationship with your esthetician. You know, that's why my brows are growing out. So don't judge me right now. (laughs) They look great. Eva told you to. Eva was like. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, people used to make fun of me because I wear jeans and a t-shirt everywhere. Like, you will never see me dressed up unless I'm, like, at the White House or, like, a wedding. That's kind of me. And, uh... (laughs) I would wait until an artist came in from Israel to do my eyebrows. Yes. You know, like there are your estheticians. It's such an important relationship. Like you have to cultivate it and and you have to support your 
your estheticians just the way they support you. I think that those are important relationships in my life because I am 49 without, you know. I would have never known that you were 49. Never. Never. Well, thanks. I approve. Well, the white beard kind of gives it away. I, I mean, like a little bit. But I do. I do have good skin. No, your skin you is really incredible. Skin. And also it's like New York 49. Do you know what I mean? New York 49. Anybody else looking at you? They'd be like 35, including the white beard. <laughs> it's kind you. of like on trend, you know. Thank That's you. true. They they be dying their you know everybody's dying their hair gray right now. Silver's yeah. in, you know this. I don't need to tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's why we look 13. Exactly. You, know? you do. You guys are like, oh, I'm gonna go. I do need you know, I need to find some New York people. I was gonna too. say you need it sounds like you need some New York people. Listen, just come and hang. Exactly. We respect when you have a person. If you have got a person, you got a person, but we can we can just hang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um what you were saying, God, why am I so obsessed with Kevin Aquan? I really am. I, I, but what you said that he said about just like making the person in your chair at that moment feel like they are super important, like they're the most important mm-hmm. is really key. And I think that when you're a great esthetician or makeup artist, you truly feel that way. Mm-hmm. Like you value your client the way that they value you. And it's a really important relationship. Mm-hmm. And... Of course he said that. He's the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is so, this is, uh, I love this conversation. I want to um, get as much, like, as much goodness out of you as possible because like, you're just sitting, you're saying all the things that I love to fucking hear. What else can we, what other tidbits can we pull? Well, we're going to let you go because I know I just can't keep you here all day. But um, <laughs> what else? Um, tell us about the makeup show. Maybe let's do that. The makeup show is coming back to New York City, May 1st and 2nd. It is a show that is a little different post-pandemic than it was before because what we're doing is really creating an experience that allows people to feel connected and but also safe. It's, it's much more intimate than it was. We have... Uh, over 125 brands, all of them offering those pro discounts. But you're going to see brands that really speak to the needs of the pro skincare, brow care, you know, full on beauty. And then what also happens there is you get to see the latest kind of launches from brands. So Danessa Myricks is coming in with some, uh, some new product. Mob Beauty is with us. Vic Casali, who created MAC Cosmetics, is with us for the first time. They're going to be really talking about sustainability in the beauty industry. Um, there's just so much newness that is coming right now. And I think artists and estheticians always want to prepare and kind of see that. And then there's education. We've got six different stages, all of them designed to bring in education. Keynotes with people like James uh, Malloy and Jessica Smalls, Danessa Myricks. Um, we're we're going to be bringing in the unions and agencies. We're going to be bringing social media experts to help prepare today's artists, estheticians, and stylists for this new industry that we're in. And so it's five days of parties and, and networking and, and class sessions, but really it's about access. It's about reconnecting to your community and building those relationships and finding those mentors and and maybe figuring out some of who you want to be in this industry and then getting to connect to the people who are doing it and have done it. And that's really, for me, what I am the most proud of is the relationships that, that come out of, you know, the makeup show more than anything else. I love this. We've got to go. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. I didn't come into this conversation thinking I was going to go to the makeup <laughs> show, honestly. I was like, I'm not, a, I'm not a makeup artist, but I think we have to go. I think I been where is it usually held 
It's May 1st and 2nd at Metropolitan Pavilion uh, in Chelsea, New York City, 18th mm-hmm. Street. And uh, you guys are on my VIP list. So <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. She almost fell. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. We've got um, beauty brunches and... Um, cocktail parties and, and, you know, networking events. Because when you're at the show, these are the owners of the brands. These are the international artists. The Danessa Myricks International Stage has artists from five different continents wow. that are going to be featured. You know, we have panels, forums, discussions on everything from advocating, you know, in the industry to discussing your rates to how to build a better smoky eye to airbrush to effects. It's Emmy winners. It's Academy Award winners. It's all of the artists and estheticians that work on your favorite celebrities. But more than that, it's your community. Mm-hmm. It's kids that are just coming out of school and people have been doing it for 30 years, all coming together and kind of sharing what we love about being an esthetician or a makeup artist or a, or a hairstylist. So. I mean, that's so important. I always say like how gatekeepy our industry is. And it's just really important to like share knowledge with newbies. Oh, um, yeah. It shouldn't feel like competition. Like we're we are a community. Yes. And, you know, I, I worked by myself. I say this all the time. I worked on my own for the first five years of my business. And for the last three, I've had Alex. And the way that we're able to go leaps and bounds and like like the podcast, A Second Location, yeah. we're just able to do so much more because there's two of us. And you have to build a community. And before I met her, I was just like, I'll just do it on my own. And like yeah. in having her and building this community together, I'm just seeing how you can just go so much further faster and it's way better it sucks being on yep. by yourself it's lonely <laughs> we're stronger together you know yeah yeah i love this totally. okay so oh my god well thank you james this has been incredible <laughs> that was great i didn't know what to expect today but this has just been so, like i feel so warm on the inside Me too. will you tell everybody how they can support you how they can go to the makeup sure. show and all the things so that we can make sure that everybody sends you all of their money and friends and all the things oh. <laughs> Well, um, just for me, if you have any questions or are interested in anything that I have to say or do, um, I'm at, <laughs> at, on Instagram at J Vincent Makeup, the letter J Vincent Makeup. And my brand um, that I developed for estheticians and makeup artists is called Rebels and Outlaws. And these are, you know, vegan products designed to help artists and estheticians prepare their space protect their energy and curate something for their clients. So like my toners are organic hydrosols with essential oils, but also prepared crystals and things like that. Um, And for the makeup show, you can find us online at themakeupshow.com or on Instagram at themakeupshow. And we've got artists all over the world that are part of this family. And we love to meet different artists, estheticians, stylists who want to build a better industry and want to build a better opportunity for themselves and their families. And so we are really loving this kind of uh, empowerment that's happening. And we want to meet as many people as we can. So come out to the makeup show and hit me up on Instagram and let's hang out or grab a beer or whatever it is we want to meditate together. I don't know. I love this. I'm definitely, unfortunately, you're going to be seeing me all the time, all the time. She's going to be popping up in your DMs. Just snaggle the patriarchy and have a beer. We can do both. Yes. that's Those are my best friends, basically. Anybody that yeah. gives those options, yeah. I'm like, so tomorrow? <laughs> Honestly. Um, thank you so much. Thank you so, so thank much. You. Thank yes. you so much. It's been an honor and a pleasure, you guys. This I, has I'm been such a pleasure. Likewise. So excited to see you guys. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And we'll talk soon. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too.
All right, guys. I don't want to ruin anything. Did you love that conversation with James? We're going to ask you later. Was, I thought it was later. amazing. I thought it was amazing, too. I loved it. I loved it. I hope you guys did, too. So um, let's talk about some treatment and product options with carrier oils and botanical butters. So as Alex was saying before we spoke with James, as part of every cell structure, fats and oils are integral to life's processes and enable the incredible complex biological functioning of the body. Yes. Come through, fat. Um, so botanical butters, um, are great. I mean, I think that specific, for sure people of color, like we've been using cocoa butter, that Palmer's, I don't really know how much actual cocoa butter's in there. Well, the fact that you can also just use that alone pure as a moisturizer is really awesome. Mm -hmm. You can use shea butter alone if you wanted. Yes. I don't. And I don't know that I would, but you can. Yeah. I mean, you could, but shea is very heavy and Here's the, okay, so I'm glad that we're talking about this. Here's the thing with botanical butters, right? And this is what we're always talking about with your skin is your skin, yes, we love all these oils. We love all these beautiful botanical butters. But what else does your skin need is water. We're never, we're mm-hmm. never going to let you forget that. Not never. And so that's why I hesitate in saying that you can just use Shea alone because I too used to believe that. And one is it's so thick that it doesn't really fully absorb. It kind of leaves a layer on your skin, which is great mm, like yeah. during the winter, do you know, when you kind of want that extra layer. But especially during the summer, girl, nobody wants that. Mm, you know? I would love it on my booty. It's nice on your booty, but it just, it, it feels, it, it literally doesn't always, it doesn't completely absorb because it's not meant to be completely absorbed. Mm. And so, yes, it's great, but I would say probably use it with something else, maybe layer it, maybe use that as the ceiling, the top Uh, products that you're going to use. Maybe use it at night. Maybe get some thick, thick socks. Slather your feet with shea butter. Wake up. Ooh, no more Fred Flintstone. Mm, Sounds nice. Got that Betty Rubble feet. So high quality botanical butters are incredible assets for body care. Obviously, we're telling you guys this. These luscious plant fats make exceptional moisturizers, um, but they're also great as ingredients for a wide array of skincare and hair care recipes. If you're going to be a DIYer, this is a really, really easy way to start. This is actually how I started DIYing because you don't have to add water because once you start to add water into products that you're making at home, water is a breeding ground of life. So then you have to use a preservative or something to stop bacteria from growing, which if you're just like a weekend kitchen skincare warrior, you probably don't want to deal with that. So body butters are great because you can just start using that with a couple of different oils because like we were just saying, the shea itself is so thick that you really need other oils to break it down to make it into that whipped consistency that we're kind of used to seeing it on the shelves. Um, So Susan M. Parker has a couple of recipes in this book for Mm. you guys. I forgot that that was my secret for you. We're going to put up some of these recipes if you do want to be like a weekend kitchen skincare warrior. Okay, so we're definitely going to put that up for you guys. But um, botanical butters are pressed from their inner kernels, nuts, or seeds of many different plants. And they're solid at room temperature, making them ideal, like we were just saying, for thickening up body care formulations. But it's also nice to just use on its own if you want to layer. Also, different body butters have different consistency and different weights, I guess, different heaviness. Mango butter isn't that heavy. In terms of, look, they're all fats. 
right? So they're all going to have a certain amount of like heavy weightiness to it. But compared to shea, mango's on the opposite spectrum. So there's a lot of different ones you can play around with. Like um, making cocoa butter, if you just get cocoa wafers, they're they're solid, you know, it's just like any type of cocoa. So you just like slowly melt that down, add a couple of different oils, maybe add some beeswax. Ooh, beauty baddies. You guys are going to have some fun, fun, fun. It's a really great way to, I think, jump into making your own products. And then you can customize it for your specific skincare. So that's a great segue, I feel like, right into carrier oils and the different attributes different oils have depending on what your skin needs. For example, okay, I'm going to start with this because it kind of sounds counterintuitive, right? Like a dry oil. What does that mean? So there are obviously different oils that have different amounts of um, their lipid structure is different. And so if their lipid structure is different and there's a different amount of fatty acids and triglycerides, they're going to be heavier or lighter. So if you have oilier skin, some great astringent oils are the following. You can use Camilla oil grapeseed, hazelnut, rice bran, rosehip seed, barrage. This is a long list, guys. <laughs> Cranberry seed, jojoba. Jojoba is great. We always talk about this because it's a great balancer and it doesn't spoil. Um, and mango butter. So I wouldn't try all of those at the same time if you're going like, <laughs> to make one of these little concoctions. Maybe grab two. Grab two, grab some mango butter. We're going to tell you guys where you can get all the raw ingredients also and have yourself like a little fun in the kitchen. So that's great for if you've got oily skin. Those are some great options. If you would like something that's more anti-aging, always talk about this bad boy, avocado. Mm-hmm. That bitch avocado, she real nice, nice and thick. She absorbs very quickly. Argan is also really beautiful. Talk about argan often. Marula, macadamia nut, jojoba. Jojoba is funny because it's kind of, it's it's going to be on every list because it's a balancer. So it's a great uh, all around oil. Yeah, I feel like anyone can tolerate it. Mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan. I'm not going to lie. But everybody else seems to like it. So don't listen to me. Um, or moringa seed oil is also great for anti-aging. For brightening, if you have a little hyperpigmentation. Maybe a little rosehip seed, sea buckthorn. That's very nice. Mm. The almond oil, right? The sweet almond oil? Sweet almond oil, for sure. Mm. Yeah. Like you were saying before from... Yeah, from mandelic acid, 100%. Mm-hmm. And um, we are always talking about vitamin C and how vitamin C oxidizes very, very quickly. And if you would like to somehow get around that... <laughs> Instead of spending $200 or $100 on a vitamin C serum, if you want to give it a go trying something all natural to begin with, here are some oils that are very high in vitamin C. So kiwi, blackberry, passion fruit, sea buckthorn, blueberry, blackcurrant. Actually, none of those are surprising at all. Of course, they're all high in vitamin C. Yeah. But there you go. If you guys didn't know that, now you know. And you can just like make a little oil, a little serum for yourself. Mix all of them together. Um, I'll talk about some products that I love that have great carrier oils. Are you going to say something? I just have one more thing to say real, real okay. quick. Because I can't believe that either of us forgot this. Castor oil. Mm, castor oil is great. Makes castor your brows oil. grow back. Makes your brows grow back. There's so many. I bring it up because we've only been talking about skincare, like oils for skincare. But there's so many different things that oils can do besides just for skincare. Like castor oil grows brows back. Not all the time. But I've seen some pretty good results. It depends Mm -hmm. on how long you've been tweezing them. But they can. It can help for sure. Neem oil is incredibly antifungal, antibacterial, 
you can use it like in other parts of the world. They use it for toothpaste, for soap. Like there's just so many different types of oils that have so many different attributes. So the world is your oyster. The world is your oil oyster. Go out there, guys. Just go out there and um, explore and let us know. Okay. Okay. So I really like Pratima Skincare. You can go to PratimaSkincare.com. I've been to their spa before. I think it actually closed because of COVID. But anyway, I'm going to talk more about them in our next episode about essential oils. But I just want to mention that they have a lot of nice oil-based products. They have really nice body oils that have a mix of carrier oils with essential oils. um, And same for their face products. So you should check them out. Awesome. I'm just going to summarize by telling you guys where you can grab some um, raw ingredients. Mountain Rose Herbs, we love them. They've got great raw ingredients. Basically, everything that we've spoken about today, I'm sure that you can get any of those ingredients from there. Um, They're truly organic. They're truly fucking hippies. Actually, that's where I learned about my book, Power of the Seed. Mm, Our girl Susan Parker learned about her from Mountain Rose Herbs. So definitely check them out, mountainroseherbs.com. If you live locally, Enfleurage in New York City is great. So in the East Village, um, is there's a store called Flower Power. I, I'm pretty sure that they've got carrier oils. I forgot to mention this last week when we did our herbs and botanical episode. So I'm going to shout them out right now. Flower Power Herbs and Roots, they are on 9th Street, East 406 East 9th Street in the East Village. So you can check them out. Also, I don't know. I think that there are just so many makers these days that are using really incredible oils. They're going to Mountain Rose Herbs and they're also Mm -hmm. supporting, you know what I mean, and making these products and probably reading the same books that I'm reading. And, you know, we always say with natural, like, does natural work? Yes. Does it work fast? No. It depends on what your goals are also. If your goal is moisturized skin, yes, it works the fastest. If your goal is to go 10 years back in time, hmm. It's going to take some time. It's possible, but it's going to take some time. But yeah, get out there. Try some products. Is Vincer's daughter, is that essential oils or is that just carrier oils? Do you know? I'm not sure. I think it's both. I think it's both too. But I bring it up because I've honestly never used this product, but people love it. Love it. I just Googled it really quick. And of course, it's on Goop. Um, it's $200 for, I think this is one ounce, oh. maybe. Yes, for one ounce. Um, but it's an infusion of 22 active organic botanicals mixed with powerful essential oils, phytonutrients and minerals, phytoceramides, nourishing fatty acids and antioxidants. So that's an example of somebody who did what we just did. Probably a little bit smarter to sell it for $200 a bottle, but <laughs> honestly, you know, but they they got the goop girls on it. They got the goop girls on it. I can't say one way or another, but I know that people are obsessed with this product. Same. Yeah. For a while now. For a while now. Yeah. For maybe at least, I want to say five to 10 years. Is that possible? I was going to say a few years, but maybe. Okay. That's I what know. I know. I'm going to say five. Yeah. So what else? Any other products you want to shout out? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Pratima, my favorites, honestly. Yeah. If you don't want to make your own products, they're a great option. Yeah. I went on uh, a vacation. It was a cruise. It wasn't my choice. (laughs) I didn't enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. What I did enjoy was the spa. And they had really, really incredible 
this incredible smelling body oil that I ended up buying because when I turned the bottle over, it was all natural ingredients. And I was like, I can definitely replicate this. But bitch, no, you can't because you don't know the proportions. My point is that so many different people are making really, really beautiful products and they're everywhere. They're everywhere, especially if you turn over the bottle and there's everything is all organic. I know every ingredient. It smells great. It feels great. I don't know. There's a lot of products that you guys can buy or you can make them. I think that's the best part about this episode is you got two options. Absolutely. Even if you just mix a couple carrier oils together that's and make it. a body oil. Totally. Or just choose one. Or just choose one. I can't even remember the last time I mixed anything together, honestly. <laughs> For real. <laughs> just one and done. Or you do a little body oil and then you do a little shea on top. Maybe do a little mango. Maybe do a little cocoa. That's a lot of scents that are going on. A lot of really delicious scents right now. Mm-hmm. I love this for you. We should do our beauty baddie moment of the week. So our beauty baddie moment of the week is a super embarrassing name for a segment that we do each week <laughs> where we recap a moment during the week that's passed where we felt beautiful in a non-traditional way. So sometimes it's moments of growth. Sometimes it's moments of self-care. Sometimes it's just like tomfoolery. It's whatever. It's whatever you want it to be. Mm. Do you have one? No, I didn't think about this yet, actually. Mm. Mine is this week I've been doing a lot of strength training. Mm. So more weightlifting than usual. And it feels really good. That's awesome. Makes me feel like a strong, bad bitch. I love that for you. Um, Mine is that I've been hanging out with my cousins a ton lately and it's been really, really nice. And they came and hung out with me over the weekend and I didn't even do the dishes. I thought about it. I was like, Rhea, I'm getting ready for you guys. And I was like, these are my cousins. They don't care. Yeah. And we just had such a nice time just eating fucking Thai food. And that's so cute. Yeah. It was very, very cute. It was very nice. And then after they left, I was like, you got to get this apartment together, girl. So then I started to actually like really nest, like really like, oh, somebody could come over now. This isn't embarrassing anymore. <laughs> this is a home. So that's nice. It was really great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Love it. I would love to know what your beauty baddie moments of the week are. Yeah, write to us and let us know. Yes. Um, You can also email us your listener letters, any questions you have about skincare, brows, anything that we chat about on the episodes. You can email us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com or you could DM us at truebeautybrokenpodcast. Oh my goodness. I've got two things. One is I'm very excited about next week's episode. Me too. Because we're finally getting to the essential oils. My favorite. They smell so good and they make you feel great. And you can be in an MLM for them if you want. That's where I was going too. I was going to the MLM. So that's exciting, guys. We're going to talk all about essential oils next week. Finally, essential oils, hydrosols, flower water, essences. Everybody loves an essence these days. And also, I would love to hear from you guys about what you'd like to learn. What do you guys want to hear about? We've got some ideas for shows that we're working on, but we always want to make what you like. We we know this shit. Y'all don't know. So we want to tell you what you want to know. And we can only know that if you tell us. So you can write us and tell us that, things that you're interested in knowing about. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts. I'm at the Brown Elizabeth Taylor. You get nothing but outfit selfies. They make me happy and I don't care. I'm at Alex Lindley and I really don't post anything. Sometimes I post in my stories if you're lucky. 
if you're lucky. If you're lucky. You. Um, if you live locally, make an appointment at truebeautybrooklyn.com to hang with us at either of our locations. In Williamsburg, we're at 419 Graham Avenue. That's where Elizabeth is most days. And in Greenpoint, we're at 166 Franklin Street. That's where Alex is most days. And if you don't live locally, don't worry. You can still hang with us. Uh, actually, I love getting our virtual consultations from listeners. It's kind of the greatest because we can look each other in the eye. We all laugh and giggle. And then we talk about skincare. And then you take everything out of the cabinet and tell us what you've been doing. And we get you towards the skin of your dreams. So if you'd like to have that fun little 30 minutes with us, you can book a virtual skincare consultation at truebeautybrooklyn.com. So either way, you got to book an appointment and that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. This has been a COCBK production produced by Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro, mixed by BetaWave. Follow us on Instagram at True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.